Father, we thank you that you're here with us by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we don't take it lightly. This has happened because of your Son, Jesus Christ, being born, living, dying, and rising, ascending into heaven and pouring out the Holy Spirit, all so that we could know you, be known by you, and Lord, dwell in your presence and have you dwell within us. Lord, we thank you for this great gift of life in Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to walk with you and talk with you along the way. And Lord, may we become increasingly aware of your love for us. And may our love for you burn ever more brightly. To the glory of your name and to the transformation of this world. And we ask it all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. There was a, a minister who was uh, visiting an elderly lady, and uh, on the coffee table in front of them, there was a, a bowl of peanuts. And so the minister, as they were chatting, said, do you mind if I have a couple of those peanuts? And so uh, they chatted for quite a while. She said, yes, go on ahead. And, and so he started to eat away at the peanuts as they went along. And uh, hardly noticing at all, he actually finished them off. And uh, as he got up to leave, he said, look, I'm really, really sorry. Uh, I only meant to eat a couple, but actually I've eaten the whole lot of them. And the lady said, oh, don't worry at all. It's no problem. She said, uh, ever since I lost my teeth, I, I can only suck the chocolate off them. So uh, thank you very, very much for finishing them for me. Hopefully you'll have one of those uh, booklets nearby. If not, please stretch out for one of them or uh, stick your hand in the air, and the one, one of the wardens will get you a book. The reason we're talking about peanuts is the fact that I think the Christian life, Christian discipleship, is a bit like eating a chocolate-covered peanut. Whenever we first encounter Christ, it's like tasting the sweet, smooth, comforting chocolate of a chocolate-covered peanut. And we discover the, the revelation. This is Epiphany, and Epiphany is a season within the Christian calendar, and Epiphany is to do with revelation, and it's to do with the light to the Gentiles and the visit of the Magi and the fact that the gospel is for everybody. That's what the season of Epiphany is all about, and Epiphany is about revelation, and the, the revelation of coming to Christ often begins with an experience which might be like velvety chocolate. It's realizing that we have a, a God in heaven who in Christ is our Father and that we are loved, and His love for us is such that He would even give His very self, His Son, to die for us on the cross and to rise to life so that we would be forgiven, washed clean, and actually have God present again in our lives and be able to walk this journey in the presence of God in this life and in an even more glorious life that is to come. And the presence of the Father with us by the Holy Spirit and the knowledge of being loved often brings tears to our eyes. It's a bit like sucking the chocolate off a chocolate-covered peanut. 
That experience continues. That knowledge of being loved is, is sweet and continues throughout all of our Christian lives. But if you've been a Christian for a while, it could be weeks, months, years, decades, you will know that after a certain period of time, and it's different for every one of us, it could be days, it could be weeks, it could be months, it could be years, eventually you realize that there's more to this than just the chocolate on the chocolate-covered peanut. Eventually, you come to the nut. And the nut is quite different. It's all one sweet, but the nut is quite different because the nut requires effort. It requires chewing. And you've got to be careful how you go into it first because it requires a crunch and it requires chewing. In other words, it requires effort and it's not easy. have come, usually it's after weeks or months, sometimes it can be within hours or, or days, come to realizing that actually there's a challenge to the Christian life. And actually the Christian life is not for the faint-hearted. If you have not reached the nut yet, let me say that to you. The Christian life is not for the faint-hearted. It requires courage. But the wonderful thing is that courage comes. Jesus gives the courage. C.T. Studd, former England cricket captain of just over 100 years ago, he was also went on to be a missionary. And I've always loved this quote of his, if Jesus Christ be God and he died for me, nothing is too hard for me to do for him. And the reality is in the Christian life that that is tested. Studd wrote a book in 1912 called The Chocolate Soldier, in which he presents every Christian as a soldier of Christ, insisting that a soldier without heroism is a chocolate soldier. Mere sweeties who melt in the heat of battle. So this pathway series is is really about helping us to be Christians who find our teeth again and are willing to bite into the nut of Christian discipleship. I know I'm mixing my metaphors between pathways and chocolate-covered peanuts, but please bear with me. The thing about the nut, though, is that actually it's the nutritious part. It's the part that sustains us in the really challenging places of life. The temptation for us is to spit the nut out into the bowl. Whenever we come to the part, we realize, hold on, I thought this was all going to just remove all of my difficulties and problems. And we come to the nut and we think, oh my goodness, that's a bit of a shock. And we want to just spit the nut out into the bowl. But the truly as a nut lover, the truly delicious and nutritious part of Christian discipleship is the part that requires effort on our behalf. Psalm 32, verse 8, we mentioned last week, and really where this title of pathway comes from. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life, and I will advise you and watch over you. 
So please turn to page 26 of your book. There's three cards in there. Please put those aside for the moment. We'll come back to those in a minute. And this shows an overview of pathway. So last week, we sort of covered the first half of the flow diagram of discipleship within the back cover on page 26. We talked about coming to church services, uh, the welcome lunch. So the idea is if you come and you're just exploring what it means to be part of this church community, we just say, look, we'll come to church. And we also encourage you to come. Once a month, there's this welcome lunch, which is a bit like also getting to know the pastoring team. It'll be in the comical room there on 1245 next Sunday morning. And we encourage you to come along and just start getting to know some of us. And uh, the idea of that is to bring us on to the reason why we initially ever come to a church, I imagine, is to either explore faith or to seek community, or both. And then we say to everybody, look, we encourage you to think about doing Alpha. It happens twice a term, twice a year. The next one starts on the 30th of January in the evening with a meal, and you can just come along and see on the first night, is this for me? And if it is for you, then you can come to the seven weeks after, which have desserts and videos and discussions, and they last about an hour and a half. And it's a really, really good, fun and helpful and delicious environment. And um, if you come to the end of that and you've made a new Christian commitment or a renewed commitment to Christ and hopefully again been refreshed by the Holy Spirit, which is the very center of Alpha, then we say, look, as a follower of Christ, be baptized. We're only baptized once in our lives, as we said last, last week, and it could be if you're baptized a child, we would say, look, if you've never done a public declaration of faith as an adult, then be confirmed. If that's happened in another church and in our context as an adult, then we recognize that and respect that, and you don't need to be confirmed. But if you've been baptized as a child but never have publicly stood at the front of a church and said, this is now my faith, then we really encourage you to be confirmed. And if that's the case, then you become what's called a full communicant member of this church. And communicant means you can communicate in Holy Communion. In other words, be part of the Holy Communion meal. And so that's what we talked about last week. And so the first sort of 10 pages of this book are what we covered last week. And the second part of this diagram is what we're going to discuss today. What are the four stages of this pathway journey? The idea of this pathway is not to say, look, this is the be-all and end-all of everything you need to know about the Christian faith, but to give good pointers. And so this morning we're talking about stage one to do with discovering church membership. On the 24th of February, on a Saturday morning over brunch, stage two, developing spiritual maturity. And the idea is that once a term, there's a Saturday morning brunch that'll last from half nine to half 11. And the idea is it's an opportunity to say, I'd like to know what the next stage looks like. So this stage, stage one, membership, and those little gray cards really spell out, well, what does it mean to be a member of a local church? And what are the privileges and responsibilities of that? And that's what we're heading towards this morning. The next one on the 24th of February is about what habits do I need to develop to become spiritually mature? 
So I think that quite often people can go to church for years and not actually be sure how do they go on further with Christ on this journey. And it requires commitment. And so each of these pathway stages have a commitment at the end of them that then opens the door to go on to the next stage. If you're not up yet to make the commitment at the end of this stage, then don't go on to the next stage because you need to be able to commit to the basics before you go on to what the next stage is. Let's turn to those wee gray cards for a second because that's where we're headed, but I just want to highlight them and then we can come back to them because there's quite a lot to digest on those. And um, there's also a little blue response card in there as well. So here's what the commitment is that I would love you to consider signing today at the end of this. Having received Christ as my Lord and Savior and being baptized or baptized a child and then confirmed, I affirm my, comfort, my commitment to Bangor Parish Church family. I will protect the unity of my church by acting in love towards other members, refusing to gossip and following the leadership. I will share the responsibility of my church by praying for its growth, by inviting the on-church to attend, by warmly welcoming those who visit. I will serve the ministry of my church by discovering my gifts and talents, by being equipped by my leaders, by developing a servant's heart. I will support the witness of my church by attending faithfully, living a godly life, and giving regularly. So see in a moment, those are all very much what Scripture says being a member of a local church is about. It might, you might go, if you're fairly new to Christianity, you might go, wow. But actually, that's the basics. And the, the next four stages will show, actually, what does it look like to be a mature and a ministering and a missional disciple of Christ? And that's what we'll look at over this year of 2024. So let's go back, please, to pages one and two. And thanks for bearing with me and have your pen at the ready because it's interactive. And I know we're covering a lot of ground this morning. So there's three things that unite us, our salvation that we looked at last week, our culture and beliefs, our strategy and structure. So the first 10 pages of this book, if you weren't here last week, please read over them. It has a prayer of commitment. It talks about baptism and Holy Communion, and it really looks at what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. I won't go over it all again today, and, uh, but it's all there in black and white or white and black. And uh, so the key truths, let's look at the top of page two, Ephesians 2, 19, you are a member of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. If anyone ever says to you, I'm a Christian, but I don't belong to a local church, do not believe them. Because Christianity is about more than believing. It's about belonging and it's about becoming. The Bible tells us very clearly that a Christian who tries to live outside the fellowship of Christ's church will probably survive for as long as a 
as an arm that's been cut off the body or an eye that's plucked out of the body. Whenever we commit ourselves to Christ, we also commit, him, commit ourselves to his bride, the church. It makes no sense to say, Jesus, I love you. I just can't stand your wife. And so if you're committing your life to Christ afresh today, take a good look around you because you're also committing yourself to the people who are sitting around you today. And how we love Christ is by loving those who are in his image, who are part of the family of God. So the key truths are the church is a family and God expects you and I to be members of the church family. And the goal of this morning is that we would commit ourselves afresh to Christ and to this local church family. It could be you're here this morning, maybe your first time, you're thinking this is all too soon for me, then that's fine. We would just say, well, come to the welcome lunch, uh, maybe come to Alpha, uh, there'll be other opportunities for this, but at least you'll know when the, when the time comes over the months ahead, at least you'll have an idea as to what it looks like to say, I'm committing myself to this local church family. So, page 11, and uh, pens at the ready. So if you love to fill in gaps and you want to get ahead, halfway down page 11, we believe a great commitment to the great commission and the great commandment will grow a great church. When the fire happened here in 2012, and this building didn't always look like this, uh, for 130 years it looked quite different. There was no first floor, there was no this at the back, and it was rather less comfortable in terms of heat and seating and uh, there was a lot more wooden furniture in the place, and uh, for whatever reason, I think we sort of understand uh, the Lord's logic. In 2012, on the 7th of June, in the middle of the night, this place went up in flames, and there was a big hole in the roof, and there was a big hole in the floor, and over a course of nearly two years, we, we moved to the hall, and uh, we then over the course of two years, by the grace of God, renovated this place. And the vision that God gave us was to be a hub of Christian discipleship, worship, teaching, prayer, and evangelism in the center of Bangor. Because we asked the Lord in prayer, well, why have you left the building as a shell? Why, as someone said, another R, and the place probably would have been raised to the ground. Why, Lord, did you leave us in the center of Bangor with a shell? And it was clear the Lord was saying to us, well, I want to maintain your presence as a hub in the center of Bangor, like an arrowhead in the center of Bangor in the middle of the city, and you are to be at the sharp end of what I am doing in Bangor City. And so that's what we've been pursuing over the years. And so I suppose that first paragraph from uh, top of page 11, which is off our website. Please take a look at it if you've never seen it. It's been relaunched recently. Uh, we are a community of ordinary people who are experiencing the transformational power of Jesus' love in our lives and bringing new life to this city. Please underline or circle around new life to this city because it's an extremely important part of who we are. We do not exist for ourselves. We exist 
for this city and beyond. And we, our prayer, our resources, our energy, our love are to overflow into this city. That's why we have a harbor, which is an opportunity once a week where there's, free, there's a free clothes store. Uh, if you're ever free on a Thursday afternoon, head over there between two and four, get a cup of tea or coffee, and you'll see our free clothing boutique, which gives dignity to people. People can come in and get two free sets of clothes. They can get suited and booted for nothing. And it's an opportunity to come in in a dignified space and to be able to try on clothes. There's also some food available. There's community and tea and coffee. And we seek to point people to Jesus. There's also We Are With You that we do particularly every sort of May to September. And we did this. The Lord prompted us uh, in a new way during the pandemic. Uh, two of the greatest things that have happened to us, I believe, as Bangor Parish Church, certainly in recent decades, are things that we certainly didn't plan or see coming. The first was a, a fire in 2012, and the second was the pandemic. And in the fire, the Lord said to us, let's clarify why you're here. And in the second, in the pandemic, the Lord said to us, well, they're not going to come to you. You better go out and go to them. And so we discovered there were 4,200 homes within our uh, fairly small uh, church parochial boundary. Every church of Ireland has its own space. Ours is quite small. And ours is in this uh, little central section of Bangor, which includes um, some of the houses with the longest driveways and some of the houses that don't have any driveway at all. 4,200 homes, 150 streets, and the Lord said, just well, get out and pray around those streets. And we did that for 40 days. And we want to get out there and pray again. We do that every May and June. We get out and we prayer walk around the city. 